the Agile brand. Welcome to Season 6 of the Agile Brand, where we discuss marketing technology and customer experience trends, insights, and ideas with enterprise and technology platform leaders. We focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make brands successful, scalable, customer-focused, and sustainable. This is what makes an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advising Fortune 1000 brands on MarTech, marketing operations, and CX, best-selling author and speaker. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my latest book, Priority is Action, Seven Principles for Better Strategies, Decisions, and Outcomes, is now available. In it, I give ideas and insights for leaders and teams that need to make meaningful progress on their priorities. After all, our priorities are what we do, not what we say we'd like to do. You can find Priority is Action on Amazon or learn more on my website, gregkilstrom.com. Now let's get on to the show. We're here at Medallia Experience 2024 at the Wynn in Las Vegas, and there's a lot of exciting announcements we've been seeing, plus a chance to hear from leaders at Medallia as well as their customers about where the world of customer experience is heading. One brand that is presenting here and who I'm excited to introduce in a second here is from CVS, a brand that serves over 120 million customers, including over 55 million digital customers. And to illustrate their reach, 85% of the U.S. population lives within 10 miles of a CVS health location. Today we're going to talk about igniting customer centricity by personalizing, simplifying the customer experience, and empowering employees to do amazing work. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Sri Narasimhan, Vice President, Head of Enterprise Customer Experience at CVS Health. Sri, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate the time. Excited to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as uh, your role at CVS Health. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the head of enterprise customer experience, as you said. What that's really responsible for is getting all of the feedback from our consumers, our patients, our clients, people walking into our retail store, our Aetna members, collating that and understanding you know, how can we improve the experience and how do we improve the loyalty of that consumer base by you know, fixing pervasive issues, surprising and delighting, all those things that you think about when you think about that great experience. Um, just in terms of my background, I, I come at this from a very analytical perspective. I, the joke I like to tell is my, my dad, when I told him I was doing this, he, I think in his head, had the picture of the, the guy that you see um, you know, on the phone whenever you see the stock images. <laughs> so I was like, no, but that, we take a very analytical and data-driven approach and try to make data-driven actions from, a, from that feedback. So. My, my background's all in analytics and data science, and uh, that's the kind of the approach we're taking. And we're, we're really on, on a journey, and I think we're, we're making progress. Great, great. Well, yeah, so let's, uh, let's get started by talking about what it means to ignite a culture of customer centricity, and we're gonna look at four aspects of this. So first, how would you define customer centricity at a high level, and what are some of the primary KPIs that you use to measure it? Yeah, you know, when you, uh, you hear the word a lot, like right. consumer centrism, it's like in every 10K, uh, everyone loves to throw it around. I think we're taking a very intentional approach to it. And for us, what it means is creating a dialogue or an engagement between our consumers. If you talk to our consumers, our patients, and say our specialty pharmacy, what they're looking for is a partner in healthcare, someone who's going to be there along the journey that's going to help them get and the answers they need and navigate 
what frankly is a very complicated uh, healthcare system here in the United States. So we want to put them at the center of our decisions, put them at the center of products and services we're creating. So start with the consumer and the experience and then have all the things that we're building fall out of that. I think the other thing that I like to say, and I've been saying a lot to my team recently, is that someone told me this. If you think about companies where I told you tomorrow this company's not going to exist, and it, and it would ruin your day. There's that set of companies that I'm sure you have. We want to be that company for healthcare. I want to be at the company where if I told you tomorrow that you know, CVS Health didn't exist, it would be such a hard part of your day to know that you lost that. We want to be an institution, right? So we want to be an institution in U.S. healthcare. So I think that's the aspiration uh, to be the most consumer-centric company in healthcare. But yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think we're, we're trying to be intentional about how we build that muscle. Well, and I love I love that aspiration as well of just not not just being financially successful or you know surface um, CX you know not good NPS scores, but actually to be valuable and and thing. I, th I think that says a lot. Well, and if you think about it, our, 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 our even our CEO Karen Lynch will say. You know, there's all these other efficiency metrics and things like that you may care about. She's, she always starts with the, the member experience. And actually, to answer the other part of the question you asked about KPS, MPS has become our North Star metric. You know, we, to in a sense, you want to pick one and go. And we felt like that MPS was a really strong metric in terms of holding, holding ourselves to a higher standard. It's not just, you know, was this a good satisfactory experience? It's, was it good enough for you to actually tell a family member, someone you love and care about, and put them through that same experience? created a common language for us. But we, we use a number of different metrics of measurement that, around engagement, and we're increasing that and looking at you know, those implicit ways that consumers tell us about the experience they had. Like, they, you know, is it, were they able to self-serve? Did they have trouble on our website? Did they have to call us? Like, we, we, we want to understand holistically that entire journey um, as, we hear, as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was able to catch your session yesterday. So a great job and, and really, um, you know, some really great stats and, and insights and, and stories as well that you were able to share. So some of these some of these questions I'm asking are based on on that talk you gave. There's you know a few aspects of customer centricity as I mentioned at the at the top of the show. Um, the first aspect I wanted to talk about is the delivery of real time insights. Um, so what does this delivery of real time insights enable both um, the the business as well as the consumer to uh, you know how, how does this help? Yeah, and I think yesterday I described it as our four part plan. So I think we're going to walk through the yeah, four yeah. parts, <laughs> uh, which is like the most corporate thing ever. But yes, you know, when we think about the platform, you know, the sending and receiving feedback, and we, we get about 17 million pieces of feedback. I think it's probably one of the largest programs. We, um, you want to do that in a consistent way, because that, that asking of feedback is a, um, in and of itself, an interaction. The other thing I think you want to be able to do is how do you embed that within your organization? You know, um, we use the Medali platform. We have 70,000 uh, monthly active users of that platform. People are engaging with that, looking at that data. You want to make sure that you're getting the audiences that are looking, the data they need. And it's different levels within the organization that have that, that need. So, you know, at the very top, you know, senior executive, maybe we need one view, someone in a store or in the call center may need another. So making sure that you layer those views appropriately. And, and when we say real time, we want to make sure that we're getting that feedback out to the front line as much as possible to corporate employees so they're embedding it in everything they're doing. We talk about centricity, putting consumer at the center. Best way to do that, consumers are the best mirror. 
They're going to tell you exactly what's wrong. They're going to tell you where you need to get better. You need to be looking in the mirror, though. And we need to make sure that we, we enable the organization to do that. So we are making this as pervasive as possible. Uh, we call it free the data and get as much of that through that platform to the organization. Yeah, and that, that's a good segue to the, the second point. And also just you know a general theme that I've been hearing over the last you know, we're day one and a half, well, day two, but, you know, one and a half days in is this concept of self-service and, you know, enabling, as you just said, enabling employees at every level of the company to get what they need when when they need it. And so, you know, the second, second aspect here is closing the loop enterprise-wide. Um, so can you talk a little bit about not only closing the loop, but also learning directly from members, resolving key issues, and... You know, what exactly does closing the loop mean? Yeah, you know, and it's a concept, I think, that has been around for a little while. We are taking a little twist on it, uh, and, and we have really leaned into this. But the idea of closing the loop is when you get feedback, there is, or someone actually takes the time to give you feedback, there's nothing worse than, you know, no one talks to you back or no one responds to you. And you see it all the time where it's like, you'll see it in the survey, especially for someone who's upset, it'll say, I know no one will read this, right? right? It's um, the passive aggressive yet true <laughs> response. Exactly. Yeah. But we do, we read it, we do care. And so it's actually following up with that consumer to let them know we did listen, to potentially do service recovery if needed. But I actually think that letting them know we listen part is, is actually equally as important. And then I would say the other thing that, that I think it enables is what, what you would think of as the voice of the employee, voice of the customer through the employee. Because our employees are able to translate what the customer went through. Like a customer is just going to say, "I hated your website," or "I hated I hated the store experience," and they're not going to you're not going to be able to make that actionable all the time. But when the when the employee talks to them, colleague talks to them, they're able to actually get underneath the issue, kind of become a root cause analyst, and then they can surface that, and we surface that at scale. So it's just another kind of thread of data that we can leverage to to improve the experience. So. Serves really two purposes: engages customers, engages employees. Employees love to have that. I talked about that partnership, that dialogue that they can have. We're enabling that, and then it also gives us this, this stream of data and information that translates what we might have seen from a consumer because they don't speak in our language, our internal language and process. Translate that translates what's happened to them into our processes so we can fix it. So, highly effective tool. Uh, I'll just say one more thing. We're actually trying to get even beyond just doing it on people who gave us surveys. In many ways, I know you had a bad experience. You know, if you got transferred twice, or you know, you were on our website, we can track um, kind of like you know what your experience was on the website in terms of were you clicking in the same location too many times, all that stuff. We, I don't need to ask. I don't need to say, Greg, you were transferred twice and you had you're on the phone for 45 minutes. I don't need to say like, hey, how was that? That can't have been yeah. a great experience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So now that we know that and we have all that data to leverage, it's hey, let's proactively outreach then at that point, or let's proactively outreach when we know someone is new to the company um, working with us and they have a lot of conditions or issues on the Aetna side. Let's reach out, help them right up front, so that we can set them up for success. And then they're not, you know, if you want to talk about an ROI. They're not having to constantly reach out to us throughout their whole tenure because we got it right the first time. So we're expanding what we're doing, closing with getting more predictive, which I think is going to be exciting and kind of our twist on it. Yeah, and I think that kind of gets to some of the challenges that I've had, at, at least in, in some of my work, is that uh, you know the gap between leading and lagging indicators, right? Is you know to your to your earlier point about 
someone, if they respond to a survey with something negative, it may be a vague comment of like, I don't like your website, which, you know, not terribly constructive. It may be true, but um, not terribly constructive. But to your point, getting real-time analytics and actually getting some of those leading indicators that can help you better assess. Okay, they said they hate the website, but it's because they tried using the search and the search is, bro you know, or something like that. So yeah. I, I think that that helps close, uh, you know, so, several loops, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you know, if you think about the evolution of CX, just to get a little bigger picture here, I think the survey uh, world is getting harder and harder to survey customers, right? There's survey fatigue, there's tons of that, you know, just people asking for your feedback. And um, as you evolve, you have to think about other sources of data. And I think you get a lot of signals from consumers that you don't need to ask. And in fact, asking shows that you don't know. And we talk a lot about personalization at the conference. The, the way you can get to personalization is saying, hey, I know what you went through and I can see you, Greg, let me help you. Like, and being proactive instead of waiting for you to say you had a problem. And I think that's the evolution here. And I, I think you're gonna increasingly see companies leveraging surveys, it, they're still important for root cause, but leveraging all this other, like you said, all these other signals that are just available that you just haven't thought of using that way. It's just, it's just yeah. thinking about how to use that data differently. I hope you're enjoying the first part of the show and I want to invite you to check out another podcast from the Agile brand. It's called B2B Agility and it's hosted by me, Greg Kilstrom. The B2B Agility podcast looks at the factors that drive success in B2B marketing with a focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make B2B brands stand out and thrive in a competitive marketplace. You can find B2B Agility on this podcast platform or wherever you normally listen. Before we get back to the show, I just wanted to remind you to hit the follow or subscribe button on your app to make sure you get notified when new episodes of this show are available. Now let's get back to the show. Another thing that you touched on, which kind of brings us to our, our next point, is there may be customer service agents out there that have a piece of data and yet there's operational issues that you know they're not able to or they're not communicating those and you know so solving some of those like systemic challenges and using operational data customer fee customer feedback all those kinds of things you know an organization may be collecting them but there are barrier internal barriers um how do you approach uh, you know kind of breaking down those barriers and how do you know which systemic challenges to prioritize obviously in a huge organization there's probably a lot of things that could be fixed but how do you how do you choose what to prioritize? Yeah, and you know if you think about CVS, we have CVS Retail, we have Aetna, we have Caremark, we have our primary care businesses, and they each are there. You you have a lot of similar challenges, a lot a lot of unique challenges. What we've ended up doing, and, and your point is spot on. Actionability on all this feedback is so critical. If you're not going to act on it, why ask? And we are very driven by action. In fact, we're I'm held responsible to executive board uh, committee and our board for the actions we're taking on the feedback. We have set up steer codes, another, another really corporate word, but we've set up steer codes in every line of business, and it's, it's a set of senior leaders. You know, in our retail side, it'll, it'll be the, the folks that run the store, so in uh, our operations team. And uh, it's a whole holistic set of people, people on our clinical side, policymakers, operations, same thing in Caremark and in, in, in our um, primary care businesses, it's, it's all the field folks that work with our physicians operations, call center, we have them all together. 
And then what we do is we, should, we come to that meeting and we say, here is what we're seeing from the feedback. We leverage heavily text analytics and analytic capabilities to figure out, hey, these are the, the major pain points. We do it across channel. I think we're, like I said, we're a huge program, so we can look across call center, we can look across digital, we can look across in-person interactions. We pull all that together and we say, these are the top five, six pain points. What are you guys gonna do about it? They tell you, and when, there's a corporate phenomenon that I love, which is, and I say love in jest, but it's, you know, talking about the issue is the same as solving it. People think that. So you'll keep hearing, you know, didn't we already talk about this? And you're like, yes, we did, but no one did anything. So now what we're doing these circos and saying, here are the issues. What's your plan? Come back. Tell us what the progress you've made. And it's really been a, a critical tool for us. And we're solving a lot of really, I, I shared a few stories yesterday, as you know, but a lot of really core issues. And, and it's causing cross-collaboration um, and an enterprise issues, too, because a lot of our parts of our organization interact with each other. So really, it's, it's holding accountability and, and, and bringing people back to say, like, you know, we're not just collecting this. You need to actually do something about it. And we're doing it at the highest levels of the organization. It's been really helpful. Um, last thing I'll add is that, you know, we, like I said, we report all of this progress to the board of directors. So, uh, every, and to Karen Lynch. So she is seeing, hey, these are, these are the issues we've surfaced. Here are the plans. When are they going to get fixed? And, you know, and she cares so much about our consumers. She's constantly following up and asking. So it's, it's, it's been a really effective way to, to hold the organization accountable. It's been hard, but you, uh, you have to do it. Otherwise, I just think that these programs fall on their face. Yeah, well, and that, that accountability, a great segue to the, next, to the next point, that accountability builds a culture of accountability as well as a culture of, of customer centricity. Can you, uh, can you talk a little bit about that? I know, I know you mentioned um, working with Disney Institute on um, you know, helping to, to build some build some of the culture and, and things like that. But, um, you know, what type of impact has that had on the organization, you know, both employees as well as the, the end customer? Yeah, you know, we, we've launched something called Helping With Heart, where um, basically there's service actions we've created. The way I describe it is most people have a ton of positive intent when they come. No one comes to work saying, I'm going to do a bad job. They really want to help people, and particularly in our space in healthcare, you have a really strong why and you want, you know, and it's, it can be really meaningful to you to impact a patient or a customer. What we have to do is, is just make, make it really intentional that we surface those things you know every day, but by, by reminding you, by kind of training it, by kind of showing you, and it reinforces it. So like giving someone a warm greeting, it's probably something everybody does. Well, you know, just you know to do it. But as you get through your day, or you get through your week, you may lose that, right? Because you just aren't constantly thinking about like training that. It's like anything. You need to constantly train even though you know it. And I think that that's what the service actions have really done. I'd say the biggest thing too for us is the link between colleague and customer experience is so critical. And, and you need to create that engagement between the two. And I was, I think, talking about this yesterday. You need to hit the engagement between the two audiences. I think the more that you can make and enable your colleagues to just unlock their positive intent and operate the way they want to do with all the, without all the constraints, all the issues that get in the way of that, it's just them talking to someone, them being able to leverage their, their ability to care, their empathy, the more effective you're going to be as an organization. So that's a lot of what we're, we're focused on is empowering our colleagues 
and, the, and you know, making sure that we create opportunities for them to do what's right for our consumers, surprise and delight. And then really just getting rid of those barriers that we put in the way so we can let our people, our people are wonderful, let our people deliver our services. Because if we get to that and when we get to that, we're, we're incredibly successful. It's really, it's, it's, it's all the stuff that comes around that, right? right? But if it's just the two people interacting, you know, it's amazing. And you see the impact, um, you know, we have these consumer videos. You see the impact on the consumers that we can have. We're helping people with some of the most powerful challenges that they have in their lives or their families have. And getting, enabling our colleagues to get in the mindset of, I can't wait to help this person, which is what they want to do. And it makes us much more effective. Yeah. What do you see as the role of, obviously there's a lot of interact, like personal interaction. You've got, you know, retail stores, you've got phone interactions as well. But what do you see as the role of technology in this? You know, how, how do you see the relationship between, you know, technology and the employee as well as technology and the, and the end customer to, to enable that? Yeah, I mean, I think one, one thing you see uh, increasingly, you, you hit on it earlier, consumers want to be able to get the information they need as fast and when they need it. Um, increasingly, our competition, in my, in my mind, especially on experience, isn't like, you know, United Healthcare or Walgreens. It's, it's all of the experiences that are in the world. Like People are getting used to and being trained to be like, I can get what I want when I want it. And so we have to meet that standard in, in, a, in a lot of ways because healthcare, like I said, incredibly important, probably the most important thing in someone's life. So that is where we're, we're investing in improving our technologies and helping um, our consumers be able to self-serve more effectively, get what they need uh, more effectively. On the colleague side, I think that there's a, a proliferation of tools that help colleague efficiency. If you have someone that's going to go through that self-service, eventually they're going to get to you. You want to make sure that colleague has the tools to make that experience as efficient as possible. And in an organization like ours, there's mountains of information that um, someone on a phone may have to go find and help you with. The faster you can use technology to surface that, the better. And then I, I, I know I'm saying like you know our, our thing about our customer experience program. Operating at scale at an organization like ours is very difficult, and so we are increasingly leveraging tools that are gonna help us synthesize information and get it in um, next best action terms, bite-sized chunks that can get to our retail field, for instance, or our call center supervisors. So again, the data is meeting them and personalized for their level and their organization. But we need to, we don't, I don't have an army of analysts that can go do that and work for the, like the, you know, everybody in the field. So the more we can leverage these tools that are existing and are coming out to do that, the better. And even on things like closing the loop, can we help and make that process more efficient with some of the tools that are able to look at surveys or kind of feedback or any of the feedback coming in and saying, hey, this is the message that's probably appropriate to send to this consumer that enables our colleague to operate in that more efficient, faster way. So we're investing heavily in, in these areas. I think, and, um, you know, it's, I think that's where most companies are going. Um, yeah. you, you have to meet that demand. Consumer demands are, are changing. Yeah, and I mean, it Probably, probably an obvious observation, but you know it stands to reason that you know making that easier on the employee, doing some of the um, the heavy lifting for them, so to speak, as far as an analysis and, and things like that, lets the employee do what they do better. Exactly. Right? Humans doing what humans do best, and machines doing what machines do. Best. Well, and I think that's like one of the things that you get caught up in sometimes in in data analysis and analytics. You get caught up in like how beautiful is your model, right. how great is this chart, and 
Yeah, it is. It's great for you know, guys like you and me, maybe, who are really data wonks and are into this. But if you're someone who's operating a store and you have a, a mountain of challenges you're dealing with, you're just saying to yourself, can you guys just tell me what I need to do? What, what do I need to do to help these folks that are coming into my store? How do I need to do to help these people that are calling me? You're not looking for the fancy chart. You just want someone to tell you the answer. So the more you can just distill it down to that, the better. I, I think that's what the, the, you have to do. That's kind of this curve, right? You have to do the analytics to understand the underlying issue. But ultimately, when you share it, it has to be something that's super simple that someone can digest quickly and, and act on. Again, acting on it being really important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sri, thanks so much for joining. One last question before we wrap up. Uh, we're you know, in day two of the show here. What's been your biggest uh, takeaway so far from Medallia experience? Yeah, wow, great question. I, I think it's amazing to see, as I mentioned, the, the way people are moving and this industry is shifting. It used to be so heavily in surveys and solicited feedback, but now people are looking at all these different ways that we can leverage data and information. You know, you hear so much about AI and the tools related to AI that are coming out. I think that that's really been, we've never been at a stage where we can understand our consumer so well without even asking. And I think that that's where, it's gonna be an interesting thing when, when you talk about personalization, all these things that keep coming up how you balance that with uh, kind of the big brother aspect that, that's coming with that, right? Like, I, I know all these things. How do, I make, how do we make sure we, we leverage that appropriately? I think that's gonna be a, a, a fun challenge for people to figure out because you're gonna have to find that balance of personalized without overstepping that line. And I think, you know, it's gonna be, be a great evolution of this industry. And it's, it's really great to see just the progress CX has made as a discipline, as someone who works in it, it's, it's amazing to see what all these companies are doing and, and hopefully we're viewed as a pioneer as well. So learned a ton, it's been awesome. I learned, you know, I, lo I love your podcast too, by the way. Oh, so I always learn a thank lot you. from the folks you talk to. So excited to hear the sessions from experience uh, and all the folks you met with this week. Wonderful, well, thanks so much. Again, I'd like to thank Sri Narasimhan, Vice President, Head of Enterprise Customer Experience at CVS Health for joining the show. You can learn more about SRI and CVS Health by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. While you're there, check out my series of best-selling Agile Brand guides covering a wide variety of marketing technology topics, or you can search for Greg Kilstrom on Amazon. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. The Agile brand.